place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspot's Comics Town Hello, comic book fans! Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 174, where I do a lot of strong recommending, but only lightly reviewing, of what I consider to be the best of the new comic books that just came out this last Wednesday, September 12th. And this particular podcast ain't no chump. Can you dig it? <laughs> I am your friendly neighborhood host, Crystal Tori. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you and all the people that you love are happy and healthy in your life. That's what's most important. Hit that subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Check out all of our past podcasts on our giant Sunspots Comics Podcast feed. And please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, all in one place at Sunspots Comics. So I always start the show with some thank yous. First and most importantly, thank you to you. Yeah, you, the listener. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Whether this is your first time trying us out or you're a Sunspots Comics loyalist that's been there from the very beginning, sincerely thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics podcast. Thank you very much. Next, thank you to my friend Nick Papa George. He made and sang the wonderful Sunspots Comics theme song that you hear at the opener and the ender. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Facebook.com slash and check out his band Solution at Facebook.com slash Reggae. If you love reggae stuff, island style music, rock, ska, just, and you love when they all kind of come together in one delicious bowl, you're going to love Nick Papa George's music and his band Solution. So please check them out. And thank you, Nick Papa George. And last but not least, of course, thank you to our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Please go and check out popuptea.com. They sell a giant, super giant selection of nerdy t-shirts. That's what popuptea.com is all about. Uh, go over to them and use the promotional code Sunspots Comics to get 25% off of any shirt order, even the clearance stuff. So a very special thank you to our sponsor, PopUpTea.com. Now, let's superhero land right into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 174, starting out with some stuff that's been floating around up inside of my odd nerdy brain. The first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply inside of my nerdy frontal lobes is the DC Universe streaming service has officially launched. Yes. Seems like just yesterday that I was at San Diego Comic-Con and bought the promotion, got the free shirts, and I finally it's here. And I wanted to give you my review of what I think of the service so far. A just the, you know, my my review on the launching and how it's going right up to this very moment. I've been watching it since it uh, Saturday afternoon when they finally unveiled, launched everything. First, I'll discuss the general app experience of the DCUSS. I guess that's what we'll call it. Of course, any streaming service or new app that's just launched will have a bunch of glitches. We all expect that. But I have to say, there were actually very little problems and issues from the get-go. I did notice that the DCU app was not immediately available on my Apple TV, so I was like, what? But it popped up later in the day, so no complaint really there. It did crash a few times on my Apple TV, but no big deal. It just kind of restarted, and then it stopped doing it. So, and I've already seen they were making updates, of course. 
But the layout in general, it's just very easy to just find content. I love the jump back in row. I love that. Netflix does that thing, you know, continue on. Absolutely love that. And it all worked really well. Nothing really crashed or had any problems. I would like to see more robust, like a better design of the My DC area where the favorites, my favorites, are captured. It would be really nice to see the DC USS like have a sort of learning algorithm so that it'll kind of make take my selections and give me some recommendations. I would like that. Saves me the, the kind of kind of streamer I am. It'll save me a lot of time if it'll make some recommendations. I'm sure that's that's got to be in the works. I hope it is. Uh, next, I'll talk about the content. The movies we'll start off with. I was really surprised to see how few movies there were really available. I just counted them and there were only 20. So I really hope they add a ton of a mixture of the old stuff, the new stuff, the live action, the animated DC movies in their gigantic archive. So fingers crossed there. Uh, TV shows content, as far as that goes, we'll start with the animated series. Uh, you get the big two, in my opinion, is the Batman, the animated series, in HD for the first time, by the way, which looks amazing it even feels like the sound was, re was remastered possibly just sounds cleaner and crisper it has been years since i re-watched uh, batman the animated series so i'm really kind of looking forward to re-watching it i think it'll be my maybe at least my third time kind of re-watching it in complete fashion so and also the second one is batman beyond i only watched the three seasons of batman beyond just once when they actually happened back in 1999 so i'm really excited to re-watch batman beyond and overall, I counted 12 animated series, and that felt a little light as well. So I also, I was really hoping for the Green Lantern animated series because I didn't finish that. But anyway, it's just launch day. I do, again, fingers crossed and hope that they add more stuff in the very near future. Uh, and next up, live action TV. So I counted that up as well. The live action TV series, there were only 10. And, I, and again, I was, I was really hoping for the Berlantiverse with some arrows, some Supergirl, some Black Lightning, some Flash, etc., and the rest of the gang there, but no. <laughs> also, the Archiverse is owned by WB, so that would have some of that would have been nice to catch up on Archie. And uh, nope, that wasn't there either. But I hope again, fingers crossed. Um, the classics, some of the excellent classics like the Superman serials and the Adventures of Superman were really nice to see. I love that. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. It's super bad. Anyway, I, I just it just tickled my heart to see those there. Uh, and comic books. I was happily surprised at how many DC comics are packed into the DC USS. I also really enjoyed the viewing experience. They did have sort of a single panel, simple view. They didn't actually, for some of them, they don't actually have just the full page kind of viewing which i was really surprised they sort of dice it up and it's it's been kind of altered and zoomed in to sort of help you with the reading experience so that there's just less manipulation of it so i enjoyed that i'm sure it's going to improve with time but great start as far as the viewing experience goes for the dc uss comic books it was kind of cool reading comics on my apple tv on my big screen like that was kind of interesting i've never really done that um, I stopped counting in the many hundreds, so there is just a great mixture of classics to modern. There isn't any current issues like within the last week or two, which makes sense, of course. Got to keep the local comic book shops in business and comicsology, etc. But overall, wow. I mean, I was really impressed by the girthy 
DC Comics archive. Plus, the encyclopedia gives you a very nice little slice. I won't say it's a giant heavy, but it's a nice little slice of background and history on just about every DC comic book character, like Comet. Here's one I read, randomly pulled up. Born a centaur in ancient Greece, Comet has lived two lives as both a man and horse, both devoted to Supergirl. <laughs> First appearance in Adventure Comics 293 in 1962. So see, kind of cool. You can just kind of dive in and see some teeny little slices of the background on some of the interesting and odd and not very well-known DC comic book characters. I hope they eventually pair source material comics with the movies. I, I said this before when I was first, after I went to San Diego Comic-Con. So I really hope they, they do that. I think it's a simple and easy thing to do where as you're watching a movie and there is the comic book source material right there if you want to peruse through it. I just think that would be seriously cool. I think I heard, maybe it was from someone at the booth, that that is a feature that's happening. It's not there yet, but I'm really, really excited to see that. I would love to see the pairing of comics and movie or TV show material right there. Right there is the source. There it is. Just go go look at it. Um, and my last thoughts about the DC Universe streaming source service is the DC Daily Show. I liked the first appearance, and I have to tune in to see what this gigantic cast of people <laughs> will be able to cover on a five-day-a-week show. I mean, I got to just look at that for that alone, just to see what they're covering, what the content is. So they must have more content coming because how can they do a 30 to 45 minute weekly show on what's on this streaming service without having a lot to discuss? Um, but the first episode was fun. It was really kind of a pep rally of what you are getting on the DC Universe streaming service. So I really want to see what other topics, what other centers of conversation will be discussed on a regular non-launch week of the DC, DC Daily Show. So I'm totally in. I'm, I'm excited about that. And it's a nice mixture of people. There's like... They have no room in the couches to where there's people sort of sitting in the background. It's very crowded. So I have a feeling they're going to trim that down. It just makes sense. They don't have to keep cutting over to other people and all of that. But anyway, overall, I am very happy that I paid the 75 bucks for the 15 months of the DC Universe streaming service. With all of my fingers crossed and high hopes for the future, all the original content, like the live action stuff and... and Titans on October 12th and Swamp Thing, of course, is there just looming in the distance, which will really feel like a much needed added value to the currently $5 a month service. So I'm excited about that. There's a ton of, of original content that you can only see on the DC uh, Universe streaming service. So I'm excited about that. But right now, fingers crossed, hopeful, I give the DCU streaming service my Sunspots Comics stamp of approval. So if you can still get it for the pre-order for the 15 months at 75 bucks, I would recommend doing it so it's only 5 bucks a month. I'm not sure if that's over, but if it is, go check it out at dccomics.com, dcuniverse.com. It'll all lead you there, but anyway, that is my launch review of the DCUSS. And the last thing that's on, on my nerd brain is that I'm actually writing and creating my very own comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And it's really an absolute dream come true. It's been a, just a fabulous time creating the comic, writing it. I'm doing the lettering and the writing. Please follow the Zombie Destroyers team. We have artist Jordan Hudson at Skablad, Juan Mora at Young Minded Giant, and colorist Caroline Nolasco at Carol N. Art. So please follow them. I would really appreciate it. But thank you to all of the Zombie Destroyers team for helping make my dream of creating a comic book 
become a reality. So thank you to the Zombie Destroyers team. And if you want to see what Zombie Destroyers looks like, just go over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers. You'll see three beautiful colored sample pages. So go and check it out. Now for a mention of our segment I love called Spotlighting. It's the segment on the Sunspots Comics podcast where I get to have some great conversations with some comic book creators. Check out Sunspots Comics issue number 159. I interviewed comic book creator Nandini Bapat. She created this heartwarming, beautiful little comic book about her grandfather's life. It's called Aja. It's spelled A-J-A. Check it out on Sunspots Comics podcast number 159. Another spotlighting interview I'm really happy and really proud about that I wanted to mention to you is the interview with comic book artist and movie director Troy Nixie. It's on the on the feed there. He is an artist of a comic book I love called Vinegar Teeth. you got to check that out. His art is just weird and beautiful and strange and lovely. I absolutely love it. He also directed a movie written by Guillermo del Toro called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, and it is worth taking a look at. It feels like it fits into the Hellboy sort of Mike Mignola-verse. But we talk about that and so much more. Myself and Troy Nixie, it's a fantastic interview. Check it out on the Sunspots Comics feed. There's a bunch of spotlighting interviews with some great guests on our podcast We want to help support struggling comic book creators. So if you work in comic books or you're just trying to break into comic books like me and you'd like to have a conversation right here in a future podcast on our spotlighting segment, just send me a message and a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com or just message me, of course, on all the social media at sunspotscomics. Now, on to the main course, the centerpiece, the prime cut, the sweet spot, the mother box of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is my comic book recommendations, where I share with you my favorite picks of the new comic books that just came out, new comic book day, Wednesday, September 12th. And of course, just in case, a super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. But really, don't worry, I just want to inspire you to go buy these comics, to read them. I do not really spoil them at all. I never discuss the last few pages, I leave them alone. And I only discuss a few, just some of the interesting points in each comic book. But just in case, you've been super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. To see everything that I'm reading, by the way, encapsulated into one lovely page of of, of everything I've been doing with the Sunspots Comics world, just go over to sunspotscomics.com. Click on the pull list to see the updated 96 comic book titles that I'm currently reading. And click on Top Comic Books of the Week. You'll see all of my past top comic book picks. They're all there. It's a very simple, easy breezy website. I'm very proud of it. Check out sunspotscomics.com. Now, let me announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. Every week, I pick what I believe to be the best comic book art of the week. So please, put your eyeballs on these now. Make those eyeballs happy. So here we go. This week's artist winner goes to Ian McEwen. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. For his amazing art on MCMLXXV, or 1975 in Roman numerals, issue number one from Image. Ian's art is stunning and uniquely superb. you got to look at it. Follow him, by the way, on everything at T-A-N-N Hauser Gatorade. (laughs) H-A-U-S-E-R Gatorade. Ian has this very fresh style. It's fun. It's intricate. It's very hyper-detailed. I love his camera eye locations, like when Pamela is driving the taxi, the camera can sometimes just be at her feet, like looking up. It's just the way that he leads our eyes with action. It's, it's, it sounds simple, I know, but it's really hard 
to pull that off, to make a, static, a very static page feel kinetic. Well, Ian does that so fabulously well. If I had to compare his art to maybe someone out there, I would say uh, like some of the masters like Trad Moore uh, or Jeff Darrow. But really, Ian is doing his own thing. <laughs> you have to look at it. I love the extreme close-ups to very quick pullbacks. It really gives you kind of a unique cinematic viewing experience that just always seems to be moving and doing fun stuff. Thank you, Mr. Ian McEwen. Your art is wonderful, and you are the Sunspots Comics Artist Winner of the Week for 1975, or MCMLXXV, issue number one from Image Comics. Thank you, Ian. And this week's cover artist winner of the week is Isad Ribic for Fantastic Four, issue number two from Marvel Comics. This is classic uh, Isad Ribic. It's the Fantastic Four in a cosmic battle with the new villainess. And it's really about the soft but very realistic paint style. That is what Esad Ribic is all about. I love how the art is centered in this kind of explosion of light that's just surrounded by darkness in space. Like, it just really allows the art to almost just pop out at you. Like, it's almost 3D. But it's an action scene that also happens in the comic book. And I'm a big sucker for that utilization of storytelling space. So... Thank you, Isad Ribic. You are the cover artist winner of the week for your beautiful cover art on Fantastic Four, issue number two. Treat yourself, folks, and take a look at this beautiful work of art. It's glorious. And the breakdown. I actually read 17 comics this week, and only four of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right. It's extremely difficult to make that top comic book pick list. It's got to be great. And new number ones that came out this week, there were three. And all three of them made it to the great pick list, which really never happens, honestly. Looking back at my archives, and I don't think there's been a week where three new number one issues of a comic came out, and all three made it to the great top pick list. So, like I said, very rare. So listen especially close to those new number ones when I mention them, which I will do in the countdown in just a sec. So here we go. Here are my top comic book recommendations. This is the great ones list of the best of the new comic books. That just came out Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, September 12th. I recommend you go buy these, go stop by, get them immediately at your local comic book shop today. And there were four, as I said, great comic books that made the list that I recommend here this week. So here we go. Coming in at number four is Moth and Whisper, issue number one from Aftershock Comics. This is written by Ted Anderson and beautiful, interesting, very artistic style of art from Jen Hickman. It just doesn't look like a, a lot of your normal comics out there, and I really like that. And uh, this is the first of the three new number ones I'm going to discuss, so just uh, to mention that quickly, you should definitely check this out. This is a solid debut issue. A quick gist, in a futuristic sci-fi-infused world, the two greatest thieves are the Moth and the Whisper, and they have gone missing. And now it's up to Nikki, their genderqueer child, to find them. I love the look and style of this comic book. Like I said, it doesn't look like uh, a lot about what a lot of what is out there in the world of comics right now. And I love the futuristic setting that uh, we've seen a lot of futuristic setting, but it just it it reminds me a little of the series Private Eye from Brian K. Vaughn with art by Michael Martin. You should look at that. Um, and also, I got to be part or listen in on some of the Aftershock uh, Comics conference calls, because I work with Aftershock, uh, with the creative team of Moth & Whisper, and I've been excited about Moth & Whisper for a while. So, I love, by the way, when 
when the art changes style during some of the flashback sequences, it's just interesting. That's what I mean by artistic style. It just looks like a painting. It looks kind of abstract. It's really interesting. Fantastic art from Jen Hickman. Um, it's changes. It changes to a more kind of, I don't know, even the color palette just all changes. So I just love that little, uh, that little just all of a sudden, boom, the gear changes and it looks different. Uh, it gives us, this gives us just enough to leave us wanting more. There wasn't, I would love to have this a little meatier with story, but they gave you just enough to get you excited to where you want to read more. And that's what a, num a debut issue of a number one comic should be like. I hope we get some of the backstory into Nikki's childhood and how that worked being the child of two super sleuths and maybe how when how did she learn how to just sort of pick up and take over the suits and did she have training uh to, to take over both mantles i would like to have some of those questions answered maybe um maybe nikki was somehow tied into how moth and the whisper went missing but anyway i want to see more i want to read more I gotta read the next issue of Moth and Whisper from Aftershock Comics. You gotta check it out. Fantastic debut issue. But now we're already into the top three. Here we go. This is the top three. Coming in at number three is Cemetery Beach, issue number one. This is from Image Comics. This is written by Warren Ellis, fantastic master writer, writer of all his, just a ton of stuff. And lovely, gritty, interesting looking, very scratchy lined art from Jason Howard. And this is the second of the three of the new number ones that came out this week, by the way. This was action-packed fun right from the get-go. I love the kind of blueprinty typewriter images uh, that are sort of written in and kind of bonus art in the opening and end sections. It's just interesting looking and really kind of sets the tone. It's the kind of art that feels kind of tied into the story as a mood-setting visual tool. I love when they do that. Our main man, Michael Blackburn, is a secret reconnaissance, reconnaissance agent of, of sorts, and he has been captured and is about to be tortured. So far, so good, right? <laughs> then he tells this military man who's his captor that he will just tell him everything, that, <laughs> that torture is not really needed. He doesn't like pain. He's kind of like T.J. Miller in Deadpool 2. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. He... It was more of a facade. But anyway, Mike escapes. He breaks out and even breaks out this woman named Grace Moody, who was also about to be tortured. And so she quickly drinks the escape Kool-Aid and is basically, we're off to the races. <laughs> That's all I really want to say. Um, <laughs> there's not a, lot, a ton of story here, but I love the subtle art that quickly tells you that this is not Earth, but it's something like it. Also, just light narrative in that regard. It's not really laying it all out for you, so... Very nicely paced, and there isn't a ton <laughs> to really go on, like I said, but but this comic book also is just filled with some interesting, kind of like I said, scratchy art from Jason Howard, so it's just neat to look at. It's, it's kind of cartoony at the same time, but it's very kind of, like it's almost splattered on the page, is what it kind of reminds me of. But uh, um, I, it's got a simple premise. It I, I top it off with some smart, alecky writing. And I love Michael Blackburn, this character. And you get a solid gathering of what you need in an excellent debut comic right here. Tons of rated R, fast-paced action. Again, the schematic-like art sprinkled in that gives it this kind of James Bond tone. Um, I'm all over this one. You've got to give it a try. It's an easy, quick, fun read. That is Cemetery Beach, issue number one. Get it! And coming in at number two... 
is from the Marvel Comics. It's Fantastic Four, issue number two. This is our cover artist winner of the week with Esad Ribic. This is actually written by Dan Slott, and it's penciled by Sarah Pacelli. And beautiful art by Sarah Pacelli. Very consistent, very solid. There's a two-page splash in this that is glorious. You're going to love. That also has this interesting color palette. Like, each planet has a different color. Just very interesting. But I got to say, Fantastic Four issue number two was actually better than the debut issue number one that just came out, I want to say, two weeks ago. It feels like a bi-weekly title here. But this is cosmic family fun at its best. The Future Foundation is alive. Phew! Like... Were we really worried? I don't know. You know, it's comics. Along with Sue Reed, Valeria, and Franklin Richards, it seems like all of the Fantastic Four and the Future Foundation are all alive and well. Where were they? (laughs) Um, Well, anyway, Franklin figured out that he could create new universes just from the snap of his Infinity Gauntlet-like fingertips. (laughs) And uh, Richards has been kind of the whole family, I guess, with with the Richards family, have been bouncing around the galaxy, making and creating new galaxies. That's all I really want to say. <laughs> um, just that. I mean, wow. Then <laughs> uh, enters this awesomely designed, but not very practical or functional, uh, Queen Villainess, with a very, very long name. Her name is the Griever at the end of all things. I'll just call her Grieve for short. <laughs> um, so she didn't like... All this fun galaxy building <laughs> that the the Fantastic Four Foundation was doing. So she wants to murder, death, kill them all. <laughs> and just stop all this this flipping around the galaxy, creating, creating galaxies. I love and just really miss the strong family positive vibe of Fantastic Four. Uh, the snarky, funny, married couple stuff. I love it. The sibling dialogue where they're at each other's throat, but there's heart there and they actually love each other. Dan Slott really feels like he's in the zone here. I I feel like Marvel said, Hey, Dan, you did an awesome job with Spider-Man for all those years. Just take your time and do it your way. So this one pays off a lot better than the first issue did, which I'm on board. I, I completely stand uh, the... I love the Fantastic Four. Just I, I drank the Fantastic Four Kool-Aid, is what I'm going to tell you. It's family fun. It's very hopeful sci-fi. It's this galactic romp of a good time. If those words appeal to you, (laughs) then you're going to love reading Fantastic Four. So definitely get it. It is just a fantastic (laughs) fun time. But here we go now. On to the number one top comic book pick of the week. The great one, the champion, the top dog, the supreme leader, the big kahuna, the grand poobah. The number one pick of the week is... MCMLXXV, or 1975, issue number one from Image Comics. This is the third of the three new number ones that came out this week. This is our artist winner of the week with Mr. Ian McEwen. And this is written by Joe Casey. Fantastic team here. Beautiful coloring by Brad Simpson. Man, I'm not really familiar with Ian McEwen's art. I believe this could be his debut comic book art. I apologize if it's not. But I am a fan now, uh, Ian. I will be following you. I'm in. I have uh, will be cyber-stalking you from now on. <laughs> but anyway, um, so here we go. Uh, 1975, I'm just going to call it that. Uh, <laughs> if you were a child of the 70s, peace and love, man. Or <laughs> or you loved the, the groovy but harsh world of the New York world in that era, 
of the 70s, or maybe you just love films like Foxy Brown or Shaft, then you are really going to love the funky, fresh vibe of 1975. Our main chick is Pamela Evans. She's a cab driver in New York in 1975, but this is no ordinary New York in 1975. Pamela wields a very cool lightning-infused tire iron. And I love that. And she kicks all kinds of asses from demon ninjas to monsters or just just a-holes in these weird gangs <laughs> um, that, that put her fares in harm's way. I love all of this. Even the heartwarming but very short flashback of her, I don't know, maybe it's her dad or uncle or maybe a grandpa named uh, Damocles, the Greek name Damocles. Uh, but 1975 is supreme. It's supernatural black exploitation mixed with top-notch art and just a glorious writing style from Joe. Joe lays down some really solid, interesting groundwork here and setting up this universe. I cannot weed, just wait to read more of MC of 1975. That's just too long. <laughs> but it is easily our number one top comic book pick of the week. 1975 from Image Comics. Thank you, Joe Casey. Thank you, Ian McEwen. For being our artist winner of the week, it just hit on all cylinders. It is top-notch. Get it. Check it out. It's an absolute gem. So let me lock the vault door. Those are my new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, September 12th. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. Tell them Chris from the Sunspots Comics Podcast, the guy that works at Aftershock Comics, sent you to them. If you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal comic book recommendation, please email me directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com. I would love your feedback. And how would you like some free comic books? Well, from time to time, as a thank you to you, the listener, I give away free comic book digital codes in Sunspots Comics Podcast. And there are still some that are unclaimed. There are Marvel digital comic book codes in the Sunspots Comics Podcast that are unclaimed. All you got to do to get them is just listen to past Sunspots Comics podcasts that are on the feed, grab the Marvel digital code that I usually read towards the beginning of each podcast, then go to marvel.com slash redeem to punch in the code and see if you won. It's that easy, so just a little thank you from me. So good luck. And please sign up for our email newsletter at sunspotscomics.com slash contact. Oh, and check out cryptidzoo.com. My buddy Julian makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts based on cryptozoology. I love the unique design of these shirts. You gotta put your eyes on them. I wear CryptoZoo shirts proudly. You just gotta get your HP Reveal app and use a smartphone and the, the actual CryptoZoo t-shirts just come to life. It's just crazy. You gotta look at it. Go to CryptoZoo.com and don't forget, use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of your order. That's right, go to CryptoZoo.com. And please tune in next week for issue number 175 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I'm going to be reading a list of 19 new comic books that are coming out Wednesday, September 19th. And there are four new number ones that are coming out next week that I'm going to be grabbing to take a look at. Hopefully they are awesome so that I can recommend them to you on next week's podcast. So please help us out. By the way, go to iTunes, give the Sunspots Comics Podcast a few positive words and a five-star review, if worthy, of course. I'll read your review on a future podcast, give you a shout-out, personally thank you by mailing you a comic book prize pack as a small token of my appreciation. Please subscribe, listen in, tell a nerdy loved one to check out the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 174. I really hope you enjoyed it. There's some excellent comics here you gotta go get. And in honor of our number one top comic book pick of the week, 1975, 
I'll leave you with the sultry sounds of earth, wind, and fire. This track goes all the way back and was released on March 15th of 1975. It's a little baby making music right here for you with a little bit of a message as well. So go spend some time with the ones you love by reading some comic books together. Always keep it nerdy and be like water, my friends. I'll catch you on the flip side.